You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Welcome to the Locked on Pistons podcast, a very special episode. It is Tuesday, March 30th, the penultimate episode of this era of Locked on Pistons. We're just going to lean into it today. No shame whatsoever. This is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Locked on Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life and will be forever, just like you guys and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. And I'm Brother Brian, and I... I'm going to miss you guys. Oh, Brian, he's getting <laughs> emotional already. We got a half hour of Pistons talk here, but we got a, a special episode of the last Brian, Brother Brian's final appearance on Lockdown Pistons in this era here. But this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Locked On, Locker Room, it's just kismet. Great stuff there. But yeah, we're talking Pistons today. They get the win against the Toronto Raptors. Going to get some closing thoughts from Brother Brian and also hearing from some of our favorite voicemailers as well. I kind of threw out the gauntlet for three guys in particular named names and said, hey, if you guys want to drop one, you've been great contributors. And they did. All three of them came together. So some familiar faces and voices. And I know there's other guys out there. I don't want to, and gals too, I don't want to marginalize the contributions of the others but these are kind of the the three voices you've heard quite a bit so i was pleased to hear all three of them come through uh means a lot as well but give me a follow on twitter at matt underscore shook s-c-h-o-c-h another underscore after that also the locked on pistons twitter account and check us out on facebook at locked on pistons dash matt shook brother brian is on twitter as well be shook 12 and the play michigan twitter account play underscore michigan do give us a follow do stay in touch but uh, if you're listening to the first time of this show, you don't know what we're talking about. I am the host, Matt Shook, and Brother Brian is the show contributor extraordinaire, and we are calling it uh, a run uh, after tomorrow's show, the end of the month, and we'll have new hosts taking over. I don't know anything about it in terms of who's taking over, but I promise it'll be good, and it'll be sometime. Probably won't be right away, but uh, that's all I know for now. But Pistons back. Well, first off, Brian, how's it going, man? man it's really good. And, you know, if this is going to be the last Pistons game we're going to talk about, uh, it was. It's going to be a good one to talk about because it was a really entertaining game and a uh, and a lot of energy from a team that looked like it didn't have a lot of energy last time out on the court. Yeah, and and best case scenario on our reactions to it because you got some good thoughts and some some well crafted stats and some ideas of of what happened out there. And I didn't watch the game. <laughs> I, I didn't see a single play of it. Uh, senioritis has kicked in. Was on the tennis court tonight, but uh, I checked out the score a couple times and realized that ah, well, doesn't doesn't seem like something I need to to dig into too much. But uh, a, a series season sweep of the Toronto Raptors, who are I don't know eighteen months away from winning an NBA championship, and of course it always feels good for Dwayne Casey to beat these guys. But what the heck is going on with the Raptors, and what the heck is going on with the Pistons? Well, they snapped a four game losing streak with a one eighteen one hundred four victory to go to thirteen and thirty three on the season. And like you said, a season sweep of the Toronto Raptors, who have now lost 12 of their last 13 games, including three losses to this Detroit Pistons team. So really mopping them up. And they've, from James Edwards III earlier during the game, uh, mentioned 
that this is the second time in three years that Detroit has swept the season series with Dwayne Casey's old team, the Toronto Raptors. I think that the Raptors heard about us uh, stopping the podcast and wanted to give one last win, and may- or maybe they were just too emotional in the locker room to uh, to get out and have a good performance in this one. And maybe, or maybe it was the fans, right? That the Canadians aren't allowed to cross, so maybe this was just one of those things where. Toronto had a built-in advantage in a lot of these Detroit games the last few years, but uh, couldn't make it happen without their Canadian brethren at Little Caesars Arena. But sounds like Troy Weavers found another one from Oklahoma City in a trade. Oh, geez, and it's where to start, and we'll start with Hamadou Diallo. Scored 19 points, 10 rebounds, his first double-double of the season, obviously, for the Pistons. Uh, Just all over the place, high energy, just getting to the rim. Uh, it was it was a lot of getting to the rim. wasn't a ton of outside shooting, although he was one of two uh, from beyond the arc. Um, and he was joined by Corey Joseph, another recent Troy Weaver acquisition, who scored 17 points off the bench uh, and joined starters Saban Lee and Sadiq Bay, who each had 19 points. Sadiq five of seven from three points. He passed the 103 point mark and is only now three behind Brandon Knight for the rookie season record of 105 is what Brandon Knight's mark is up for three-pointers this year. Well, I'm going to say he's going to get it. Yeah, I think that's just going to be that's my bold call of the day. I think we, we were uh, witness to the first Saban Lee dunk of the year. Finally, wasn't as maybe as exciting as some of the ones he's tried on the fast break after a Diallo uh, swipe, but he got five assists as well. Isaiah Stewart, his offensive game just continues to impress. It's just it's fascinating to watch the rapid and jaw-dropping offensive growth that this guy has had over the last two months. Uh, five of seven from the floor, another three-pointer. I believe it was Omari Sankofa who mentioned that he is eight for 18 from three-pointers this year. It's just unreal. Wow. Uh, Frank Jackson yeah, sorry, uh, Frank Jackson also had 12 points as well to uh, kind of round out the six Pistons in double digits. One name you notice I didn't mention in there was Jeremy Grant. He only had seven points. Foul trouble early, so he was in and out of the game. He really impacted the game in other ways. Mason Plumlee was another guy that got into foul trouble for the Pistons. He only finished with five, but was still able to get eight rebounds. Jeremy Grant has had a great season. There's no doubt about that. But you would like to see him have another run at some point, right, during the rest of this year. And, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But like a, a ten, a, even a five-game stretch where he kind of gets back to that first month, six weeks, where he was just – the, he put himself on the map in terms of being that next level of of certainly what people like me thought he was in terms of his NBA status. So that would be something that would be nice to see the rest of the year. Of course, Killian Hayes being the thing that we'd like to see the most the rest of the year. But these, this Diallo stuff is extra. That's a special thing. We've come to expect Bay and Stewart at this point, and I know Stewart's lately turned up the notch uh, for his expectations. But uh, just just nice to see that uh, this stuff is happening in a good way and that, uh, you know, but but I will say it again, that's the last one. It is the, that's the last game that the Pistons get a pass on for winning. They have to lose the rest of the games this season. Uh, the, the, the Toronto wins are good because that helps the second-round pick status for them next year, and I kid. Of course, they're not going to lose the rest of the games this year, but it's time. we got to start thinking about the tank. 20 games under 500, 13-33, um, tied right now with the Houston Rockets, in a couple, two and a half games outside of the Timberwolves, who lead the race to the bottom right now. Uh, what happened with Toronto? I mean, without Norm Powell, who's been killing the Pistons in losses these last couple weeks, uh, what was what's wrong with the Raptors out there? 
There just looks like to be a lot of discord. Uh, We've heard the Siakam versus Nick Nurse kind of situation the last couple of uh, Mm -hmm. days. And also, Siakam's now kind of in a position where he's playing, you know, down in the center and banging a lot. He seems to get very frustrated. I, I didn't... Not that I watched a ton of Toronto, but I always remember Pascal Siakam being kind of loose and even smiling on the court. He just has this frustrated scowl on his face. Kyle Lowry has that look. He always has that look. Fred Van Vliet, who was hot for them early uh, in the first half, scored 19 points in the first half, but finished the game with 22. Uh, They really got nothing off the bench until the fourth, some trash time. Uh, At one point, the Pistons were outscoring them. 38-4 38-4 to four on the bench. So just getting no help from the bench. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., he showed up. He scored 15 points, had four rebounds, five assists. But Kyle Lowry, 10 points. Pascal Siakam, 14. And Anube did get 19. And Van Fleet, like I said, did end up with 22. But off the bench, they just getting nothing. And Detroit really took advantage uh, when those second units were on the floor. Yeah, I wonder if the second unit will just continue to be the the strength. Obviously, their second unit compared to other second units, it's not apples and apples. But maybe some of those guys move up to the first unit. Maybe some of those guys finish games the rest of the year. You could see a minor injury shutting down a veteran at some point, whether it's Plumlee or Ellington or Grant, uh, just to, just to kind of give them a, the rest of the year off. And, and you could certainly see that happening relatively soon if someone has some kind of boo-boo that they need to uh, minorly take care of. So we've seen that in the past with NBA teams and expect – that to happen, but yeah, good news is that these Raptors are flailing. That second round pick looks like another uh, getting something out of that, as opposed to you know the, the Bruce Brown move, and you want to get whatever you whatever you can get out of that. And so the Raptors at eighteen and twenty nine and look to be heading nowhere. I'm surprised that Kyle Lowry wasn't traded, but who knows what happened behind the scenes on trade deadline day and what the uh, the calculations that Masai Ujiri had to make going into trade deadline night. But enough about the Raptors. Let's give some closing comments about the Pistons coming up next. Brother Brian's going to wax poetically on what he's seen from this team, what he's thinking about the future, and we're going to wrap for one final time here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But first, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team in sports. Locker room's the best. You, you get on with an expert, they let you on the stage. I mean, if you haven't used it yet, you need to at least try it out. There's some Pistons fans on there. There's all sorts of lockdown hosts on there as well. It's a great place. I'm looking forward to trying it out myself. Maybe you'll find me on there someday. Locker room, it's the perfect place to start or jo- join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find lockdown hosts across the NBA MLB and NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA or the NFL or the NHL or the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I have an idea of which team you might pick. I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Pistons room is live, or maybe the next host of this podcast will tell you all about that. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Yes, sir! Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Myself, Matt Shook, joined by Brother Brian, as we dissect this Pistons season, go a little big picture here 
Uh, Brian, you are uh, always been a sports fan, um, but you know the daily grind of watching this Pistons team, reading all the words that are written, checking out the sound bites, blah, uh, all the stuff that we get into, listening to other podcasts about this team too. What's your experience been like? Uh, what's kind of your main takeaways from your uh, season of hot and heavy romance with the Detroit Pistons? Well, and let's, I don't know if you mentioned this, but uh, happy birthday, George Blaha. Uh, happy sure. 76th, uh, by the way. But watching this Pistons team this year has been uh, kind of a new experience. There's been zero expectation of success or wins, you know, quantifiable success anyway. And just being able to watch these guys and these young guys grow. And with the pace that they have grown, uh, some of the uh, energy and the growth that they've shown, you know, unfortunately, we are kind of robbed from Killian's uh, development so far. But I'm looking forward to watching that uh, moving forward. And this is the foundation that Troy Weaver's kind of put in place here. He's he's hit, you know, a, a double, triple or a home run on pretty much everybody you can point at right now, save for Jaleel Okafor, who, you know, he's a third center and somebody who's been battling injuries for 80% of the season anyway. Um, so if that was his only miss at this point, then uh, I'm really hopeful for the future of this team under his leadership. And I've really kind of turned the corner on Dwayne Casey too this year as well, because, uh, you know, he has gotten these guys into situations. I know right at the beginning, everybody was nitpicking a couple minutes here and a couple minutes there. But as the NBA season does with injuries and just uh, attrition, you know, people fall out and minutes become available. And, and, you know, at some points it seemed like, they're you know, with the point guard position after uh, a couple of guys, when DeLon Wright went down, there wouldn't be enough. And you saw then Saban and Dennis Smith Jr. be able to uh, kind of jump into those spaces and have a lot of success. So, I think it's been an extremely entertaining team. I think you have a foundation of a competitive team coming forward. I don't want to say this is going to be a championship team because there's so many other variables, luck being probably the most important one of those uh, that comes into having a magical season like that. But what the lead, you know, the executive team and the coaching staff has done with the direction of this team where it is right now is, has been an a plus now, what happens as they move forward and now wins do become uh, something you're going to measure success by. We'll have to see how those two factions communicate with each other, uh, hold each other accountable. How Dwayne Casey's able to take over, you know, a team that's ready to turn the corner. If he is going to be the guy that leads them. And there seems to be no indication as to why he wouldn't be the guy at this point, but it's been a really fun team to watch an exciting team to watch and a team that I am excited to watch over the next couple um, years to see what exactly uh, they can, they can bring back to Detroit in the terms of hardware. I think that the way that Troy Weaver and you got to give Ed Stefanski and tell him the the credit for that as well has just, and and it kind of goes without saying, but maybe we don't say it enough, but just he has threaded the needle about Detroit Pistons basketball. Right, and again, I think that that kind of goes without saying, but I don't, I don't recall saying it in the last couple months that like this is a team, the bad boys, right, the going to work era, and you're not going to replicate 
every individual player. You're not going to – basketball has changed. They have different goals and different directives. But the spirit and the soul of the Detroit Pistons organization has been missing for over 10 years. Um, really, I guess since Chauncey got traded, maybe even before that, you want to argue. Um, but and it's and yeah, Drummond was a fine player. Reggie Jackson's a fine player. Tobias Harris, we we wish those guys success. We might see them all win rings this year too. But um, it, it, Troy Weaver has it's been an A plus in terms of taking this organization, taking this fan base, and the, the hardest work is ahead. The luck has to come in the draft and the right selections. This is. There, I'm not putting a ceiling on this group. I'm not putting a ceiling on Troy Weaver. I'm not saying they have to get a LeBron type to win the championship or something like that because that's not the case, I don't believe. But and, 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 and to win a championship, 100 things have to go your way. But it can happen, and I think that they have built a thing and the foundation of something in one offseason and one calendar year that went from something that was way off to something that could one day be that. And I think that's just amazing, and they got to give credit to them. And uh, it's been fun to watch that ride. What about, Brian, I think y- you and I both agree that the, the biggest decision that's going to need to be made uh, is whatever they pick at in the first round. And who, who are they going to pick? It, they could be one. They could be seven if, if things go a certain way in the standings. Wh- who do you like out of that group? And, of course, the easy answer is you want number one, you want Cade Cunningham. Is it that simple for you, or is there a guy that stood out where you wouldn't mind it was three and we got that guy? Or I, I have kind of another thought, too. Where are you at on who you really want on this Detroit Pistons team? Well, a month and a half, it was fade for Cade, and that was it a month and a half mm-hmm. ago. but Or two or three months ago, I should say. But after exposing myself over the years to some of these guys, and, and maybe I'm being a product of the, you know a prisoner of the moment right now, but thinking of a front line of Isaiah Stewart, Evan Mobley, and Jeremy Grant, just that length and, and, and the energy and all the tools that all those guys uh, possess is pretty intoxicating. But I think, you know, more important than, than who it is, because at the end of the day, we can all speculate and, and say, but Troy Weaver is the guy who makes the decision. He's made the right decisions up until this point, and I, I so I'm going to trust whatever he does. So you know whether it's Cade, whether it's Evan Mobley, um, I, I've also uh, kind of come around a little bit on Jalen Johnson from Duke. Uh, you know, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of talent in this draft. So so I will trust in Troy to put it through whatever rubric or process he goes through to choose the right guy. I'm intoxicated by the thought of that front line currently, but that's because I watched him most recently. If you would have thrown on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Gonzaga game tonight, I would have said, "Oh man, a backcourt of Jalen Suggs and Killian Hayes, yeah. or you know, Oklahoma State mm-hmm. and Cade play." There's a lot of can't miss type guys. It's going to be about the fit. It's going to be about the personality, and that's what I think we've seen that's come through a lot with Troy Weaver. There's been, there's a lot of similarities between the players. They all have huge wingspans for their size. Uh, but ultimately, the, they've brought in a bunch of competitive guys who are either looking for their first opportunity to make the next step or maybe on their last or, or second-to-last opportunities to try to make something happen, i.e. Josh Jackson or, or uh, other players like that. And they've all responded to the culture, and he, he's building the culture. And I think it started like... I know you know, you look back at draft night and that free agency period, you can nitpick and, and, and justifiably so about the Mason Plumley contract being, you know, a year too long and probably two million dollars extra per year, but you're gonna have to pay extra for guys like that to, to bring them in. 
what, you know, if we look back at that, the most telling thing was that Jeremy Grant signing and not for the player that Jeremy Grant's become because, uh, you know, the all applause to Jeremy and the, the coaching staff for bringing that out of him in the, in the hard work. But to get the top free agent in an NBA season to come to a fledgling franchise in the middle in a middle market in the middle of America speaks volumes to the sale job that uh, Troy, the sales job that Troy Weaver can do for the Pistons and get people to buy in to his vision. So I think, yeah, you'd like to hit this next pick out of the park because you know the most exciting thing about this team is the best player on this team on, on a championship iteration of this team isn't probably on the roster right now which is I know weird to think about right now but when you have you know a, a high lottery draft pick coming up this offseason the offseason after that you got 40 million dollars to play with there's a lot of not key pieces integral vital best pieces that are going to be added to this team still so what we're watching now is the foundation of the players that are going to be grinding out those tough wins in two or three years we're going to have an evan mobley a Cade cunningham a jalen suggs a uh a, i don't know what the free agent class looks for like in 2022 but i don't know bam out of bio or somebody like that that, that could mm-hmm. be up that's going to make take this team to another level or several levels higher than this, obviously. So uh, the future is bright with the team and, and, and it's, I think firmly because of the aggressiveness. And I remember asking you this early, right after the, that draft night is what you thought the Pistons front office looked like on draft night with all that was happening, all the craziness, and then even free agency. Was it surgical and going according to plan or was it chaotic and like, oh, let's offer Mason Plumlee this and I'll grab Jeremy Grant's available. And I thought initially it was probably a kind of a chaotic scene, but now I've kind of turned on that and said, hey, there was a plan in place. There were players that Troy was going after and he got them. And that's not an easy thing in the position he's in with the team and location and weather and all the things we always hear about why players don't want to come to Detroit. Troy Weaver didn't make those excuses. He went out and got the guys he wanted. And it looks like so far at this point, anyway, it's been an unmitigated success. Yeah, I think he made a list and uh, maybe didn't get all the guys on his list, but had a list of a type that he wanted. And maybe if he had to go a little bit more on a contract or a little bit more uh, less return in a trade or something like that, he went and got those guys. I think before draft night, leading into it, he said something like, "We're drafting the player, not we're drafting the person, not the player." And uh, that just sounds like kind of one of those lip service things that people say, but. It makes sense looking back on it. I think that's something he stayed true to. So, in you know, my opinion, draft night, uh, yeah, it's, it, hopefully it's one of those super talented guys that you've talked about, Green and Kaminga from the G League as well. Throw them into that group. But you know, what if it, what if wouldn't it be Detroit Pistons to not get the top five pick to miss out on the lottery and end up with some guy that the whether it's you know, I don't know, Book Knight or Barnes or, or someone like that who slipped through the cracks and wasn't considered one of those top five guys. Now I'm not rooting for that to happen, but I mean, it just seems like that would be the fabric of the Pistons team, but, or we'll take Evan Mobley too. We'll take (laughs) Kate Cunningham too, but it just kind of seems like that would be the, the poetic way for this thing to kind of get turned around. So uh, if, if, if lottery night's a sad one for Pistons fans, take what I just said and, uh, and maybe make yourself feel better about the fact that, well, he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and he's going to be the next great Piston that slipped in the draft a little bit and uh, is going to make everyone else pay for it for the rest of his career. 
Brother Brian, anything else you want to drop on us? Well, and remember, on draft night, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of stock in this draft, and we should because there's a lot of talented players and high-end talented players, and it looks like, for all intents and purposes, Detroit's only going to be in the top five, six, or seven, hopefully in the, you know, the top three there. But whoever they get's not coming into a situation where they're going to have to build a team around. They're coming into a ready-made situation with people in place, at least currently. We don't know what the roster looks like in eight, eight, nine months, but that seem to revel mentoring these young guys. And I don't know how it ended up, because. but uh, Keith Langlois uh, tweeted out that 88 of the Pistons' 104 points at some point were scored by players 22 and under. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. You know, to have the veteran mentorship that the Pistons have right now to bring these younger guys through and, you know, whatever player they do add, they'll have peers on the team that'll help them navigate the uh, new NBA landscape that they'll be walking into. So I think what's most important is that the support system and the foundation has been set, it looks like, and it's strong. And it's going to get stronger, and you're going to add some really talented pieces to this. And I'm excited to be a Piston fan and see what the next seven, eight years hold. Yeah, and and there is kind of that the, the talent, the spirit, the personality, but there also is a spot uh, for that draft pick to come and be a leader too. I mean, not to say that these guys aren't leaders when you talk about Grant and Stewart and Bay, but there is kind of that you can step in and be whoever you, you are and be whoever you want to be. And I think it's a positive thing. I don't think it's like something missing from this team, but it's like you can you can step in and, and be that big personality if that's what it is or be that complimentary piece. That'll work too. So they've, they've created a situation where it should be relatively smooth for someone to, to walk through and, and whether that's free agents in the future or picks the next couple of years, but it's a good place to be. And we'll leave it right there. But, Brian, thank you so much. Uh, I I, I imply it a lot but maybe don't say it enough that you've saved this podcast for several months and it's been great working with you and uh and thanks so much for going along the ride with us well thanks a lot it's been fun uh it renewed my vigor in uh detroit sports culture something that needed to happen obviously because the teams haven't been great uh hopefully we see some greener pastures ahead for a couple of these teams and maybe even the lions too who knows but uh thanks to the listeners i've had a great time Conversing with you on Twitter, I'll still be around in the Twitterverse. You're not going to follow me at Lockdown Pistons. Follow me at Bishop12 if you want to continue to converse Pistons basketball. And I may get a little bluer on that as opposed to the Lockdown Mm -hmm. Pistons Mm -hmm. handle. But uh, keep an eye out for us. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. And I hope uh, uh, to grow my relationship with you Lockdown Pistons fans here in the future. Yeah, absolutely, and thanks again to Brian. Up next, a couple more goodbyes from uh, uh, some of our favorite listeners out there. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. But first, Brother Brian here for the last time to remind you, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive our 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, here is now the real emotional part 
part of the show, and that's right, one of the last times that I'll talk about Built Bar in a public setting until I maybe start screaming it from a park bench at some point. We've been telling you about Built Bar. Uh, I'm not even going to read the copy, but Built Bar Madness is coming up. The final four, it's uh, the tournament-style bracket, ch- coconut brownie chunk against caramel brownie. I mean, it's it's crazy to even think about picking between these. The flavorful four is what they're calling it. Cookie dough chunk going up against cookies and cream tomorrow. You'll check out that one as well. Uh, just amazing flavors, really good product, one that I am not uh, shy to tell you about. But coconut brownie crunch is the one that I've been pulling for. So you need to get on BuiltBar.com. Do me a close personal favor. Get on there and vote for these guys or check out bar underscore built on Twitter as well. Built Bar, I eat them daily. I'm sad when I'm in between orders. This is the truth. You have the my God's honest truth about that. But uh, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, it's time to hear from the people. I've got three voicemails queued up and then a special fourth one that just came in right as I was putting this episode together. I'll just play them in order, and we'll uh, bid you guys adieu a little bit later on after we hear from these guys. Get more analysis of the top prospects available in this year's draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Let's hit the voicemail line. Hey, Matt, this is Andy from Ann Arbor, and given that you've only got a few days left, I thought I would uh, just drop a quick voicemail to let you know that um, I've really enjoyed listening to you the whole time you've been the host. Um, As somebody who's listened to this podcast for quite a while, even before you, I can say that of all the hosts that I've heard, and you're the third one, you're definitely the best one, and I'm going to miss the dedication that you brought to this podcast, as well as how you made it fun, informative, and um, even in the summertime, still a really great listen. So thanks for everything that you've done, and um, really best wishes in the future. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. What up, though, Matt? This is Breeshan out in Philly. Moved here from Michigan in the summer of 2016, and I am the Locked On Pistons OG fan. When the network started, there were hardly any NBA podcasts out there. Locked On didn't even have hosts for all 30 teams. We started with a year of Dan Feldman here, and then a year of Duncan Smith, and then along comes Matt. It was a little rocky at first, but I think you really gained your stride covering the stunning news of the Blake Griffin trade. So it's fitting that as the Blake Griffin era ends, so does the Matt Shook era. This podcast was a comfort for me as I began life so far from home, and it helps that you are also a Pistons fan of a certain age. We both have strong memories in college of the 2004 championship and the going-to-work days, and faint but fond memories of the Bad Boys era. So maybe it's time for a younger voice, but for my fandom, this podcast has been perfect. You allowed the fans to participate in many ways, like the most influential Pistons bracket, Derek Rose stands got their say. A few of us even did the game recaps as co-hosts one weekend, which are now handled admirably by Brother Brian, who has rounded out the show perfectly. Unfortunately for all Pistons fans, you never got to cover any real postseason action. You covered things like the end of the Palace and Boban's movie career, but Pistons didn't have a great record in the Shook era, which brings me to your own record. 
let's go over the calls where you nailed it. You said the Pistons should draft Sekou, and they did. You said Dre would ultimately opt in to his player option. Nailed it. You said the Pistons would have multiple picks in the 2020 draft, and you're 100% correct. Now, there's been plenty of times where you were wrong, but that comes with the territory. I'll leave those to your Twitter mentions. No one can argue that you call it how you see it and you stick to your guns, even if it means being a heel to the larger fan base. You ride the line of objectivism at the athletic and the blatant homerism of talk radio. You have a unique voice, and I, for one, will miss this version of the show. Though I'm sure the next host will be great. I hope they keep up Google Voice line, and I hope Beware still does the music. If I had a vote, I would say a certain pro wrestling fan should take the reins. So, Doc, I hope you put your name in the hat. I think it's important the host be a Detroiter. You recently asked us, why are you still a Pistons fan? Which is a great question. Why is this still my number one team? In part because the glory days were the background of some of my best years. But also, this podcast has kept my fandom alive. I'm still a Pistons fan because of Matt Shirk and the Lost Fun Pistons podcast. And also, Troy Weaver had the guts to trade away the entire team. It's kind of fascinating. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to put in my next order of built bar. What's up, Brian and Matt? This is Doc Joe Brown. Real name, no gimmicks. Pistons fan and follower my whole life. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at at ProPistons. That's P-R-O-P-I-S-T-O-N-S. No underscores after that. I just wanted to jump on here and wish you all the best in your future endeavors. I don't have much time as I'm getting ready for a couple Pistons red and olive green letter games. Right now, it looks like Isaiah Stewart is leading the team in Drummonds, but I'll keep you posted on that if anything changes in the near future. Thank you for your contributions to Pistons fandom the last few years. Peace. Gentlemen, this is D. Johnson, uh, Detroit native calling from Sweden, eloquent on Twitter. I uh, just want to say that I appreciate you all's grind on the on the Locked On Pistons. Uh, it's been enjoyable. Perfectly comes out every time uh, in the morning for me. Uh, so I listen to it, get to uh, have uh, non-verbal conversations with people who watch the Pistons, which don't exist here in Sweden. I'm um, going to miss you all and uh, hope you all have uh, good luck with your next endeavors. Just a million thanks to those guys for calling in. It means a lot to hear the OGs make their final appearance on this era of Lockdown Pistons. Of course, I know that they will listen to the next era as well and uh, be involved with the show going forward, as I hope all you guys will as well. we got one more episode. It'll be me by myself, just like back in the day in the Avondale neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, not exactly sure what I'm going to say on the last episode, but we'll figure it out in these next 24 hours and deliver one more episode of Locked on Pistons. But that wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.